I did opt out. They yeah. opted in, and so I spent the whole last room alone. Right, because they get they pulled away. They got both of them. Right. And I definitely just screamed no and stop it a lot. Like, I turned into, like, a mom. I was like, don't do that. No, stop. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. fine. But, yes, I'm down to go to Shrek, and that's literally, like, probably the only fun thing. And I've been... I do want to go to Terror Behind the Walls, but normally we go to that, like, after halloween because uh-huh. it's cheap tickets it's way cheaper we went the first day it's always fun the first day yeah um but nice yeah we'll probably do terror after sean leaves so <laughs> so you can go to that with us we have like a group of people that go i've already been this year oh you can't go again no he doesn't repeat he doesn't oh, repeat a that's fine i don't handle that stuff i thought i would be really good at like scary things oh you get scared i don't get scared no, I definitely don't think I looked up once last year. Finishing, like uh, I think I held on and closed my eyes, wow. and I definitely screamed a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd be really good at that stuff, and especially like I've been to the penitentiary so much. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know that, like I knew where I was the whole right, time. Right, right, right. Like this is stupid. No, I apparently I'm very triggered by people touching and yelling at me. Uh, <laughs> I definitely <laughs> yelled. I know the last room and it was just me. I definitely was like, no, stay. Like when I could see people, I'm like, don't come near me. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, okay. (laughs) No, they just fucked with me more, I think. I don't know. I did not handle it. (laughs) I just just really thought I would. No, because I never went to any of that stuff either. Because no one would ever go. And then I finally found people that would go. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. I'm going to be so good at this because, like, who gives a shit? It's not real. I work in theater. No. Right. Yeah, you guys go to a lot of that shit. Yeah, dude. Yeah. We don't fuck around. <coughs> Justin only wants to do fun shit. Mm. He doesn't want to do unfun shit. I don't really do anything, shit. and I don't so think... when Sean's gone, I guess you should message me fun shit to do. Because I really don't do anything. He does something, like, <coughs> every time. He does so when people do things maybe once a week, he'll do things as much as he can. Well, so you're gonna be on a lot of text messages, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, text me. That's great. Do that because it's like a social, like a social calendar. Yeah, because when I have free time, I normally just sit at a home, and I have a lot of free time right now. No, it's getting too much. I don't like that. It's getting too much home time alone. I hear you. I'm going to entertain him so much he's not going to move to L.A. Yeah, but when you move to L.A. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> fuck me. That'll go over well. And he'll be like, God damn it. All my friends. That's fine. Caitlin's looking at schools in California now, too. She should go out there. She should expand her worldview. I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what she's doing. She's looking at a bunch of schools all over. For what? For writing? For law. Oh, for, for law. She's going to law school. All right. Alright. So she's looking at, I don't know, Berkeley or something stupid smart. Berkeley, out there. Stanford. What else we got? I don't think that's on her list. Um, Pepperdine? Oh, Pepperdine. Heard that one, maybe. <coughs> on the beach, it's beautiful. Hear that, Caitlin? Beach and beautiful. Hear that, Caitlin? <laughs> I don't know. We she's appreciate looking at a bunch it. of shit right now. We want you to come. Overall, I'm sure I'll just like move somewhere near where she goes. Yeah, where she is. At this point. Yep. Older or younger. Six years younger. 
Awesome. Like Shannon. You have to make it semi convenient for my parents. We can't both be on different coasts and nine hours. Yeah. Anyways, if she listens, I'm sure she never gets halfway through a podcast before she's like, this is too much and turns it off. <laughs> hey, some people like it. I think, I feel like she tries to listen to it. That's helpful. But like, I know. To the point. Yeah. We're not. No. no. We curse a lot. I think she said something about that too. Oh. I know my parents don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, I think it's fine. No, the first thing, as soon as I hit record for the first episode, which then turned into a mini episode, Chelsea's like, well, Sean fucks her way through. Yeah, Sean fucked her way through Summer. <laughs> summer stock. I just wanted everyone to I know. Didn't. That was the joke. The joke was she didn't actually do it because we were talking about how fair people all fuck each other. And how it's the same as Summer stock. Like Summer stock theater people will like fuck each other yeah. during the month that they're oh, they're at the beach pretending to be ladybugs or whatever right. the hell they do during the summer stock. Do, and I didn't do Summer stock, so I assume that's it. But I also know <laughs> that I'm the opposite of that person always. Yeah. Like I'm like the overcommitment person. One day I'll find middle ground. <laughs> I won't. It's just not my... It's just not my personality. I, I just can't do it. Oh, I can. It's fine. Other people can. It's fine. It's fine. There it is. There it's you fine. Are. No one needed to hear about my overcommitment issue. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, they all know about it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everybody on this podcast that's ever listened to it ever knows about it because we make snide fucking remarks about shit so much. In last year when we were so angry and bitter. I'm uh-huh. sure. Yeah, I would like to personally apologize for my behavior. Um, we were really better last year between so many things. <laughs> again, we, we mentioned it. We are in better places now. And it, it's like so much better. It places. feels so great. And much healthier, happier. Exactly. exactly. Friendships, relationships, workplaces. Correct. So. So. We're feeling pretty so good. we're getting out of our snide remarks, but there's still some in there mm-hmm. that are just like, you know, but left over. We're hoping that this becomes some excellent content for you, listener. That this is, that or our happiness. they vaguely following our life, but like they don't like, really know. The like, they don't know. The, <laughs> they don't know full information, but they know like there was some shitty shit happening. <laughs> And they're like, have you heard work and yep. shitty shit happening in life? And like, have you heard of this podcast called Sistery? It's like the bitchiest women I've <laughs> ever heard. And they like try to get through history things, but most of the time they're just complaining about something, something. And I just want to, just want to, I just wanted the history. That it's okay. My dad one point was like, you know what? Like kids are gonna want to listen to this, and like teachers are gonna want to yeah. point to stuff like this so that. Kids can I be did accessible. sit next to a really drunk history teacher at fin- finale the other day, and I said he was talking about like the inaccuracies of fair, and I was like, "Well, that's fair. Like, <laughs> you yeah. need to get over it." And he's like, "Well, I'm a history teacher." I was like, "Well, I have a history podcast, and I can promise you that no one actually knows the accuracies of history." Trust and he me. was so excited. He's like, "Oh, tell me about your podcast." And I was like, "Well, me and my friend." tried to be really accurate and talk about history we try so hard um, sometimes we miss it you know and he's like that's so cool and i was like yeah but your students can't listen so i mean they can but your listener discretion yeah advised it's fine anyways so this is part two of our hello welcome to sistery i'm sean quinn 
And I'm Chelsea Marlowe. If you couldn't <laughs> understand it before, you get it now. Yes. And go ahead. Okay. And we're, what, part two of, what are we calling it? Our tutorific, whatever. You kept saying. I kept saying tutorific because I think it's a dumb pun and I like it. Um, our three episode six wife extravaganza. Yes. Um, last week, we talked about Catherine of Aragon and Anne Boleyn. This week, we're talking about Jane Seymour and... Anne of Cleves. <laughs> I didn't do hers. So I can't think of the next one was. <laughs> it sucks because I have a dog first. <laughs> I know. That's why I got tea. I made myself tea because we're talking a lot. <laughs> we're talking a lot today. I guess I'll start because right. I have to. Well, should we recap <laughs> what happened last episode? Should we do a little bloop bloop to put people up to speed on sure. the end? Bloop. So Anne Boleyn. Anne Boleyn is uh, beheaded <laughs> in the Tower of London. She is uh, convicted as an adulterer because uh, on three accounts for Henry's best friend, uh, Henry something else, Henry Norris, um, a musician that was tortured and... Um, Did we just start with Anne Boleyn as the recap? Yeah, just put... Going up to Jane. Oh, basically. cool. Well, but we can talk about Catherine. If you oh, want no, to. it's fine. Catherine existed and was Catherine awesome. Catherine existed. She was a badass. They got divorced. She died. Anne. <laughs> Anne. And <Anne>. then. <laughs> and so uh, and then her brother. So uh, so on those accounts, she was killed in the tower. She still abides in the tower. Um, and then 11 days later. 11 days later. He married Jane, but we're going to blah, 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 back gonna to the beginning of zoop, Jane. Zoop, zoop. Jane was born in 1509 in England, which was also the same year that Henry became king. She's the daughter of Sir John Seymour and Marjorie Wentworth. She was also a descendant of Edward III, which is important because she does have some teeny amount of royal blood, which they use to justify some stuff later. Um... <clears throat> She, however, unlike Catherine and Anne, was not well-educated. Like, they just kind of taught her wife shit, and that was it. Um, she could literally only read and write her name wow. to, like, sign documents. Wow. Yep. So, however, she was proficient in household tasks like gardening and needlework. So, good wifey, not smart queenie. Um, so not like languages and, and no, philosophy. They and did. They literally political. just taught her how to be a good housewife. Yeah. Cool. Um, but I bet she, she was great at it. Oh, yeah. She was proficient. Very, very proficient at it. Um, so proficient at it. She was a lady in waiting for Catherine and Anne. Wow. Her tenure surpassed Anne Boleyn. Yep. She was a lady in waiting for both of them. Um I just love the idea that, like, ladies-in-waiting are literally just waiting for the queen to die. So they can, yeah. Right, because I know Or become mistresses. Exactly. Because I know that lady-in-waiting is supposed to mean that they're waiting upon the queen and that they're part of their court so that they have servants and confidants and things like that. Um, Because, like, they pay for friends, basically. But But the ones in the fucking English court were literally just just there so they could, like, try to get in with the kings. Yeah. Specifically, the English court, I think, was, like, real bad about it. Shortly after marrying Anne, Henry, he visited the Steemore home. Um, and that's when he, like, first saw Jane. It was before she went in, or I guess, no. 
He had to have seen her like mildly from afar when she right. was maybe not dating and waiting, but he formally like met her for the first time then. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then over like the following year or so is when there was starting to be rumors attached to like her, like them writing letters or him like talking about mm-hmm. her. Um, this was around the same time. As Anne's second miscarriage. Yes. So this all went down around that time where he yeah. was like, you know, bored. I don't know. Once they start miscarrying is when right. he starts cheating, apparently. But also when, right, this happened before with Catherine. When they're pregnant, right. they look for exactly. mistresses. Just sort of, at, they're part of, it's like a habit almost. Oh, they're like, yeah. oh, I got nine months to go ship someone else. Exactly. So... So, so yes, they were doing that. Um, however, she, like you talked about in the last one, was very opposed to it because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he was married. So, like, there's also, she, she was very different than Anne and Catherine. She was super reserved and timid, um, which everyone thinks he liked because he was just kind of over Anne's shit. Yeah. Well, the first two queens, right? The first yeah. two queens, Catherine and Anne, are both... Well spoken, well uh, educated, they can argue. And they, in both respects, sort of upstaged him a little bit in some areas. Exactly. And made him feel, you know, he obviously had a temper, but he also felt, you know, that he was slighted by them. And so I think, so yeah, so I think he was like super kind of attracted to this whole idea that demure, yep, was quieter, calmer, just gonna love me kind of thing that's nice which was nice you know whatever so switch it up a little yeah right yeah (laughs) you'd switch it up a little um so so she was 27 uh when they like finally like really met met um however she's i talked about this before like there's letters that talk about the fact that she wasn't that pretty like she was like just this pale like blonde thin, thin blonde hair like nothing like Anna the way Catherine. Catherine and Anne are described mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then on top of the fat on top of all that she wasn't smart but what she was good at was working court because okay. I mean she was in the court for she so was long. in the court for so long on top of the fact that she was in the court for two queens yeah and she was a lady in waiting to both so she like kind of understood the game and a lot of people think that she was just putting on face yeah she wasn't actually like this timid demean girl right she was doing it on purpose because she saw how how Catherine and Mm Anne were and she was like maybe if i do this the king will like me more right right um so she wasn't book smart but she was definitely street smart okay um (laughs) i'm gonna stop hitting the mic so, um, after all the controversy with divorcing Catherine and beheading Anne, um, he did marry Jane 11 days after Anne died. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they were talking throughout this whole thing, um, how he, like, he gave Anne the whistle, right? Yes. You talked about that. He had given Jane a locket with his picture in it, like a big fucking locket. And she wore it every day, even to court with Anne. Like, wow. While she was lady in waiting, and she was definitely also wearing this big fucking locket. Wow. So, what a secret. I know. She wasn't like, she, 
Yeah. Which is also part of the reason people think it was just a face that she was timid and shit because she was also like, look at this thing that Henry gave me. Right, right, right. With his picture in it. <laughs> like, oh. So, so, yeah. It's not really a surprise 11 days later they got married. Yeah. Because yeah. this is apparently they were courting yeah. for a while. Um, but unlike Anne, Jane was never actually coronated. So she's not technically a queen. Like, she was oh. never technically crowned queen. Wow. Which is super weird. But, like, they were married, but she never had a coronation. And she never really pushed for it. Hmm. Um, which I think is interesting. And there's really not a lot of information on why that happened. Except that she got pregnant super soon after they got married. Yeah. And she passed away so soon. Which is probably why the coronation never even Right, I wonder if maybe they were, they were working on it because it's a you know a big party. It's a process, Um, and then so it's probably so quick. Yeah, so because in 1537, um, she got pregnant. It was announced she was pregnant, um, and that was at the beginning of the year. And she uh, had Edward at the end of the year, that same year. Okay. Um, so she was the only wife to successfully give him an heir. Or a male heir. Um, yeah. And then she died 11 days later. Wow. So, so yeah, the coronation thing probably was more of a, he knocked her up real quick. And yep. then, then she died. And she died of complications from the pregnancy? They think infections. Yeah, probably. Because they didn't know how to do anything. However, this, like, was a bit, like, he took it super hard. Yeah. He, um... He was, like, in all black for months and months and months, and he didn't remarry again until 1540. Yeah. Um, which is a significant period, like, yep. what, three, three years? Yeah, three years, I think. Given that, you know, 11 days was when he got married after Anne. Yeah. And, like, well, I don't think he mourned Anne, right? Not at He's all. He's definitely mourning he mourned Jane. her for three years. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, she and she was also the only wife that was buried with him. Oh. So she, yeah, so she's actually buried, like, right next to him. So Catherine Parr wasn't? Mm-mm. Huh. Nope. She was the only one buried with him where he, like, made sure that she was put there. I wonder if that's because of the heir. Like, she was, like, to Maybe. legitimize his son... Edward. And maybe it might it was either that or it was just because he to loved him her. she really was like the only wife. I know later on he commissioned a painting of his wife and son and he but it was her. Yeah. Not his current wife. Like like she yeah. Right. So, so I know he, that like never fully I think full recovered it. from Jane. Like I think he genuinely Yeah. That's, like, the whole thing is that obviously he loved her. And, and it he's was cut like, so short. he's, like, 40-something at this point. Yeah, and she's... She's yeah, 20, 20, almost 30. 20, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like that's probably true. And I think that at this point, it's, like, six months, right? Mm-hmm. Six months, they're still in that sort of honeymoon phase. He, he gets his son, which he's, like, so nervous about. Right. And because they're so devout, it could very well have been, he's like, that's my sign from God that this was my exactly. wife. Right. And legitimizing her, going through all this, like, crazy. I mean, the political turmoil has not stopped in England. No. And it's heightening and heightening. Um, and we're going to go a little bit into it when we get to Cleves. But it's, like, 
this is all happening underneath the fact that he then loses the wife that gave him his heir. Right. And that was so I'm a sure big, that's really hard on him. Yeah. It was definitely a big part of it was that she's the only one that successfully gave him a son and then literally died 11 days later. Right. Like how hard is it to give this guy a son? He had to go through two divorces. Yeah. A lot. It was a lot. But yeah. So she she died. She's buried with them. And then her epitaph reads... Um, he wrote it and it reads here lies Jane of Phoenix who died giving birth let her be mourned for birds like these are rare indeed oh I know that's nice I know I like that so I know it's hard to like Henry because I think it's he's hard just but then every once with... in a while something happens and you're like oh yeah. he was just looking for someone that loved him the yeah. way he wanted to be loved in the way that just because society made him into this kind of almost tyranny dude right um, doesn't it, mean that he was, didn't have human emotions. Right. Which I think we see in his relationships here. And especially, I think, with Jane. Oh, it's, yeah. It's just very different. Yeah. Where um, Catherine and Anne were more, were almost more, like, lustful situations. Because yeah. Catherine is, like, he, yeah. he's 11, right? Right. He's given this woman because mm-hmm. his his brother dies, and then he has to sort of learn how to be king. Right. they didn't think it was going to be him. And then... And then Anne was his college fling. Yeah, exactly. And He got Jane drunk at a party. Was, right. And then and was Jane like, was oh, that of, one. like, his, like, first real... Like, like an adult court, relationship. Like he, like, he was courting her and not just trying to get in her pants. Like, he was right. actually, like, just writing her letters about how... Lovely she was and getting to know her and Mm -hmm. sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And (laughs) remember we're talking about no more snide comments. I don't know how. Anyways, yes, this it feels like Jane and him actually had like an actual courting relationship, even if it was and it was their own. Like there was some talk like rumors, but it was all rumors. Like nobody actually said like knew anything was happening. Yeah. Unlike where Anne was just straight up like, yeah, they well they went away together. Yeah, Yeah, they just like went over to France and they like hung out there for a long time. Right, basically being man and wife, and that was different from this situation here. And I think that um, it seems very hard. It's very cold what he did to Anne Boleyn, but if you think of what he thought happened, right, he thought it was like the ultimate betrayal. And she's not giving him an heir, so God must be bad at him. And, you know, right. all those things packed together. And then when he gets this seemingly perfect woman, right? right. She's just sort of demure, subservient, yep. um, pretty, gives him an heir. And then he, she's taken from him. Right. So, like, the ennui, right? The melancholy this mm-hmm. guy must be going through. Because he's very self-centered. He's very totally. much like, you know, as a king. Right. He's given those qualities um, from his upbringing and Mm -hmm. from his lifestyle. But it seems that like he through all of that, he does have some redeeming emotional Mm -hmm. connections with people. Definitely. So. So, yeah, Jane's interesting because it was like so short lived, but also maybe hit him the hardest. Yeah. Hit him the hardest, but also is gives you a new insight into it. It likes the only time we really see that side of Henry. Right. And I think um when we're moving into Anne here, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting Other too Anne. because <laughs> Anna Cleves. Cleves. Yes. Cleavy. Um she's the the exact opposite of that. Right. And so like, were the other ones. Right. So, so. I feel like it's 
it's interesting to have these two back to back. Um, and it might actually inform us why he was so adverse to Anne of mm-hmm. Cleves because of how heartfelt he felt for this woman right. before. And it also, it seems a pattern, a two, one, two, one pattern. Right, right. Which we'll see in the last episode. But right. But it seems to be that, yes, he has the, the two crazies, fun, loud ones, in between, calm. Yes. Collected ones. Yes. So. So, yeah, that's really, Catherine was, she, she wasn't educated. She didn't have a huge, long backstory. She didn't come Jane. from. Jane. I'm sorry. I'm looking at Catherine. Yeah, it happens. Um, <laughs> yes, Jane didn't come from a background like Anne where she was in court. Like, she just kind of did her thing and flew under the radar until she became queen for six months. So, wow. her, not a lot about her. Yeah. To talk about. Yeah, she's short. She's small. She's short and sweet and Um, but Anne of Cleves is basically the same amount of timeline too. She's got yeah, six that's months. True. Yeah, true. She's real Which is crazy. That you know, knocks him so quickly. Uh, <laughs> um I'm just So gonna... yeah, let's talk about Anne of Cleves. Okay. I think she's fun. Oh man. She's, she's one of my so faves. fun. I love Anne of Cleves because the story is very interesting to me. It's more of a political intrigue story than it is of like some sort of saucy mistress stuff. Um, So Anne of Cleves, she's often known as or referred to as the ugly wife (laughs) or like the ugly discarded wife or the catfish wife. Um, But we're going to get into that. She was born in a small principality of the German states to John III and Maria, the Duke of Cleves. Mm-hmm. Or uh, John is the Duke of Cleves, but she's the Duchess of Cleves, whatever. Um, she's got so many royal connections in her family throughout Cleves. Um, Agnes is, <laughs> most notably, Anne's grandfather, the Duke of Cleves, um, before her father, is nicknamed Babymaker. Oh my and that's God. because before he married in um, when he was 31, he had 63 illegitimate children. Are you shitting me? No, he's like the Genghis Khan of Germany. <laughs> they yeah. called him the baby maker. Yeah, the what baby maker. What is that in German? I don't know, but I you need to find it look now. I have to look it up right now. Kinder, Kindermacher. <laughs> it has to be something like that. Sex machine. Kindermacher. We were right. Oh, hey. Kindermacher. (laughs) That's pretty funny. I don't know German. That was luck. German is very phonetic, though. So pretty much you just pull some words together. Well, it's similar to English in that way. It's got that sort of Germanic. Like Kronkenwagen. It's always my favorite because it's just a sick wagon. Right. 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 (laughs) I love that. Kindermacher. Kindermacher. It was the Kindermacher of the century. I love that. I love right? I love that he had that many kids. So that's her family. Um, Full of Kindermachers. She is wealthy, <laughs> c- clearly. She's wealthy. They own so much land. Um, we're going to talk about that in a second. She's very smart. Um, she's power has a very powerful, connected family. Her mother, Maria, is, taught her and her sisters basically enough so that they can be married off, like, like Jane, like other right. similar things. Um, so she wasn't very learned in languages. She knew German. Right. 
and she knew household customs and how to be a lady in court and all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also learned to be married off to a German uh, lord. So that's what she was ready for. So okay. being the Queen of England was not something that they had planned for her. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Right. So Henry... Henry is later saying that he he doesn't... I mean, there's a lot of crappy things he says about uh, Anne of Cleves. Um, but one of them, he starts to talk about how she's not clever. And he can't right. have, like, a conversation with her. And she's not, like, quick-witted. And we know that he likes that. We know right. that Catherine and Anne both have those things. And we th- we're sh- thinking that Jane probably does. I think but Jane... maybe behind closed yeah. doors so that she doesn't make a... F- you know make uh, a ripple in court that would like cause her to be beheaded or something because we know that can happen now Um, because the queen of England was beheaded. Um, uh, But so we think it's probably because they're her, her education is not very expansive and she doesn't know the language. So there is a language barrier there, but she learns English when Henry sends her a tutor to teach her English when he knows that she's going to come over Mm -hmm. and she learns it almost like instantly. She's very quick learning the language and that's hard to do. Right. So we know she's intelligent and she's able to do things. It's just, she wasn't given an education that was as vast and worldly as some of Henry's previous. It was very specific. Correct. So Cleves isn't Protestant and we haven't really talked about the religion problem because it seems to be much more of a problem after Henry dies. Yeah, I think I'm going to talk about it some too. Yeah. So. so the the political turmoil that's happening is that Henry has his new uh, church cult and um, <laughs> the sex cult <laughs> that is the Church of England and um Cleves is they're Catholic but they lean Protestant they right. don't recognize the Pope mm. um, so Which they Henry should fucking love yeah so they have like they have that going for them but it's they're not they're still working against reforms like in Protestant Reformation that kind of stuff right um, but Henry he's previous to this moment if we're thinking of like politically Having a connection with uh, these German states is actually pretty important. It's very, very strong with people. So he wants, like, Cleves is huge, and they have such a huge population that he knows as if he's in trouble, Cleves can pull an army out of their ass, basically, because they have so many people and so much land. So he's trying to make a connection with the German states even before this. Uh, in 1514, he gives troops to the Emperor's War with the Guilders, which is a, a, a state in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like an, an initial form of contact. Then they also, the Duke of Saxony sends ambassadors to Henry in 1529. So then there's German ambassadors in court. Okay. So these are connections they're making. Um, some other small German places are trying to make friendship with England. But uh, Cleves is the biggest attraction to him because of their strong people and uh, military Mm -hmm. that can happen. Um, So he wants to make this union happen between someone in Cleves and someone high up in England. And originally, the intention was for Mary the First, Henry's daughter, to marry Anne of Cleves' brother. Mm, Okay. Initially. Um, So now it's 1537. And Henry's in the market for a fourth wife. Of 
Um, so it's just days after Jane's death when he starts to think about things and start to talk to people trying to figure it out. Because at this moment, at this point, Henry has not been not married. Right. For, I mean, how long? I mean, it's been days, right? Right. Um, between wives. So he is clearly very distraught about right. Jane's death and is looking for solace. Um, was he looking for it or were they pushing him to get a queen? They might the have drug? been. I feel like they were, they might have been pushing it because they thought it would make him feel better. Well, they were definitely pushing him um, a little further into this process because then he's without a wife for a pretty long time. It's right. like three years or so. Um, but this first one, it seems like it's like a rebound, okay. something to get his mind off right. of Right, that's what I was thinking. Yes. So the last two wives are, this is like a side note for policy reasons. The last two wives are English. Mm-hmm. And that's a foreign policy no-no right. to marry into the English because you're already English. And you're a prince's marrying like ability to marry is like mm-hmm. one of his strongest foreign policy things he can do. So he's like giving it away by by so people are mad at him, <laughs> basically. So then he sends Thomas Cromwell to look for ladies. Mm-hmm. They're looking all over. They've gotten people from uh, the Netherlands are sending in uh, like accounts of these women that exist. The France is sending in accounts. Blah blah blah. So now we're going to talk about the almost queen, Christina of Denmark. The Duchess of Milan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's 15 years old. Just okay. Remember when you're 15 and you're in your sophomore year and you're in your emo phase. Yes. And we're going back. And you're really excited to, you know, go to play practice and the football games and, you know, other high school things. Oh, and then the King of England uh, wants to marry you. Yeah. That's real common. So common. I mean, apparently. So she's 15 um, and she's known for saying um, like in their correspondence, there's an account of her saying if only she had two heads because she would give one to Henry. And that's probably because they are far away from each other. Right. She's in Milan and he um, he wanted to see her and things like that. So, right. you know, so what he um, they keep this marriage plot up for about a year. OK, so things don't move as quickly when you're not literally living in the same place. Right. Um. And uh, she she sits for um, uh, Hans Holbein, who's the who's the, the port yes, which has song the song. Can't get out of my head. I know, <laughs> like oh my god. So the uh, song from the musical Six about Anne of Cleves, or the the one right before Anne of Cleves, um, it is about Hans Holbein and how he he was in henry's uh like payroll and basically he would go foreign out and find people that henry wanted to know what they looked like and he would paint them and he would bring it back to england so he racked up some serious mileage going all around he also is the one who painted that picture i talked about of jane oh wow yeah Mm -hmm. probably that makes sense he was yeah because he's the guy that paints all these things yeah right Anyways. And we're we're going to talk about him again because uh, he's very important for this like catfishing yes. problem. Um, so so basically he get she sits for him. They send back the portrait. She's a beautiful young 15 year old French girl. Right. And Henry is so 
happy about it that he gets everyone to play music. Like he's like, we're having a party right now. So he puts party, puts up the picture on display. He's so excited because previously that he's mourning Jane. Right. And it's been very dark and sort of small and not like even New Year's isn't as fun festive as it usually right. is. It's um, it's not as uh, lively in the court. And then they're so excited. And there's all these women that are still in court and they're like, we have nothing to do because we don't have right. a, a, you don't have a wife. So I can't do anything. So people are excited about the prospect of this 15 year old. Mm -hmm. But everything falls apart. Of course. Uh, foreign policy wise, things change in France. And basically uh, France makes a deal and Germany makes a deal. And it's like so all of these places start to make deals with themselves. Um okay. The uh, in 1539, it falls through with the Treaty of Toledo. And okay. it basically said the people in the Treaty of Toledo are missing. I'm forgetting the principalities that are part of it. But basically, they say they're not going to make any new deals with England mm -hmm. unless the other one agrees. So they're in this together, basically. Okay. Um, and then the Pope's appeal to the French... So the Pope appeals to France. France is still this very Catholic uh, state. Um, and there he's saying that you should start a holy war with England. So all of right. this is happening. And he's like, how am I supposed to marry this 15 year old girl when all of this stuff is happening? Mm -hmm. So they back away from France um, and then they set their eye on Cleves because that's also smart for them because they're still looking for a connection with Cleves. Okay. And. It would help if, if they have to go into a holy war with France. It would help to have a bunch of strong Germans mm -hmm. to uh, help with that. Um, so he sends Hans Holbein to paint uh, Anne of Cleves because mm -hmm. there's um, he sends an ambassador out there and they do a terrible job. Right. Like they have a scouting mission to like see the, the princesses and be like, oh, this one's hot. But they do. They're like, oh, we didn't get to see them. And you're like, then why did you go to Germany? That's like your one job, dude. Yeah. Anyway, so he sends the portrait guy who's literally like, I'll paint her for you. And then he paints her, which is crazy, too. But it's fine. insane, right? That you can't just go on Facebook and like stalk your crush. They you have, have to, to send, send a, a portrait person to paint a portrait. <laughs> send a whole person. So now we're going to talk about the problem portrait. So this portrait of Anne is very famous. Yes. Um, if you've seen a picture of Anne of Cleves, you've seen this portrait. Um, and it's now famous for being embellished to look more attractive. It's considered um, like a catfish because he sees this portrait and he is enamored with this woman. He's excited about her. They have a very loving correspondence. Again, he seems to be someone that loves to date people, loves to right. have budding romances and be romantic and and things like that. Um, and at the time when it was painted, it's considered a good likeness and that she mm -hmm. she's well received in Cleves so that when the people of Cleves see this portrait, they know it's their princess. Um, however... The portrait could be misconstrued because she's facing the painter. Like it's a direct right. on portrait. So it could have hid a large nose or an unattractive profile. Now, let's be real. Yeah. She's German. She's German. If you look at her picture, she looks German. Yeah, she's German. Wait. She's not that. It would say German nose. Yep. We all got it. Yep. <laughs> we all got it. <laughs> like 
So her picture isn't unattractive. She's just not. I think fucking, he just like she's just not fucking English, right? I think he just likes English girls and then and like, French girls. Yeah, like they have very distinct looks. That sort of Western European. She's German. Like sorry. Yep. Yep. She's a very attractive German woman. Yes, very attractive German woman. So he's excited for her. He makes plans for her ladies. They basically work out the fact that she's going to have women in court and they're all going to wait on her. And they also work out her widowship. So he is now pushing 49. Right. And she is not 49. Um, She's not. uh, She could be 23 or 24 when the time they marry. Right. Yeah. So she's less than half of his age. And. Very well will outlive him and so forth. From now on, they basically make a widowship mm-hmm. clause based for all of these women. Um, he also solidifies the beliefs of England. So while like before she comes over and all this stuff, he's also sort of coming out with this thing called the six. I want to say it's called the six articles, but I might be using that term wrong. Um, yeah, sure. It fights reform and it's basically telling all of the English subjects what they have to believe okay religion wise that goes well right and then so the people of england they call it the um the whip with six strings because that's good they're being you know funny yep and even though anne lived as a catholic until her death germany and england are leading protestant so they're fighting reform but they're Mm -hmm. basically protestant they're not catholic right they aren't catholic so so Anne is going to come over. She's going to marry. It's going to be a thing. She has to travel in winter from Germany Jesus. to England. It's very tough. And and Henry sends a bunch of scouts up there with ships to go get her. But she's uncomfortable with going in ships because she's never even seen the ocean before. Right. She's like an inland person. So um, basically they figure out like a land route for her. And she's able to go through. But it's months and months of really hard um traveling um and at this point henry has basically convinced himself that she he's in love with her right um and he's prepared the way by having comfortable places for her to stop at making sure those are fully staffed he sends that tutor like i explained so that she knows that and he does this really sweet thing that i think is again one of those instances where you're like he knows he should be nice right what do you do he he asks her and her family if there are any customs, German customs, he needs to learn okay. so that he can make her comfortable at home. Yeah, what the hell? Right? Like, he wasn't, I don't know. Or, like, things they celebrate yeah. or stuff. Like, think, like he wanted to bring home to her. Mm-hmm. And she's leaving her home knowing full well she might never see her right. family again. This is a pretty big, this is not something people just travel to do. It's not like you're hopping over to France to, like. Yeah, to go on a date. Right. So um, Anne also gets a full new wardrobe, which I think is funny because it's in the German style, which means it's a round cut dress. Um, And the English style usually has like a nice long train. Mm -hmm. So they're different styles and it's very, very apparent like where she from, from all of those new dresses that she gets. And all of England is waiting on bated breath for Anne. Um, And from... Most of the people that are meeting with her or traveling with her and all this stuff, she seems like a very lovely, strong woman. 27th of December, she goes through the pageant of meeting the king and being received as the Queen of England. And I'm going to switch to my other sheet so I can talk about this reception. So she's officially received by Henry 
in a large pageant. Oh, okay. Wait, let's do this one first. So before she in December, the end of December, she's in England. And before having this big pageant for publicly meeting and publicly sort of showing England their new queen, they do this really fucked weird thing that's called like meeting in secret. It's like this weird romantic thing that never fucking works out and it's always a bad idea, but they keep doing it. And basically what it is, is that the king dresses up in disguise to meet Uh his queen and he pretends to be like a servant and like to send her a message or whatever. And the idea, like the romance idea is that she'll know, she'll know it's the king immediately and then their hearts will be linked and their souls will be one and it's very romantic but it never works out like that because that seems stupid. He, she's never met this person. She doesn't know what he looks like. And she doesn't want to get beheaded. Also, she yes, she doesn't want to get beheaded. Plus, she like absolutely has no idea what he looks like. But when people talk about Henry, they're talking about the young, attractive, right. athletic, young, sprightly king. But then she meets a fucking 50 year old who's not that mm-hmm. who's got this broken leg. It's not broken, but it's ulcerated. It's right? ulcerated. He's. I'm sure fat-ish. He's, he he's gained a lot of weight. Fun. He is. What? I'm just saying. <laughs> Show him, Justin. So, basically, she's watching a bull baiting. She's right. standing at a window. She's watching a bull baiting. He comes up to give uh, a message. He looks like a, like a messenger or whatever. And she, like, doesn't pay much attention to him. Great. Because why would she? Right. That makes no sense. And then he doesn't like that. And then he so he starts to go up there and he starts to try to hug her and kiss her and like do stuff. And she's like really freaking uncomfortable because A, this guy's 50, firstly. Right. And she's 23. And he's touching her inappropriately. And she's going to go meet a king. And right. he would very much be upset if somebody else was touching her inappropriately. And she's not so like sure how to act because this isn't happening this is not a good thing so he's already has like this bad taste in his mouth because of this dumb thing he did that never works out and this has happened his father did the same thing to his bride and apparently that he came and he kneeled and he gave her the message Mm -hmm. and the queen kept him on his knees the entire time she read the message (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so like he was really pissed about that too That's but it's funny. like clearly it didn't work for your dad why you think it's gonna work for you doesn't make any sense right anyway also um he sees her and he knows what she looks like <laughs> but he's gonna marry her anyway and he doesn't fire his uh portrait guy so clearly oh. she's not as ugly, ugly as he then says yeah later on yeah, yeah yeah so then there's this big pageant okay um the there's tents and like pavilions set up. It's like a who's who of England and Germany. It's like a all fair. There. It's a fair. My so favorite. I said, think Prince Ali Ababwa, <laughs> except you know more white. And Henry goes to meet her wearing his finest clothes, gold pearls, excess velvet. And then there's a um like like a reporter, but they're I forget what they're called. They're called like um oh what do you call it when you like write down history. No. Like a chronicler. A chronicler. There's a ah. chronicler who writes Anne of Cleves' uh, description. And he says, She has a rich gown made of gold, made of round with an- any train in the Dutch fashion. Mm-hmm. And on her head, a cowl. And other than that, a round bonnet or cap set full of orient pearl. 
a very proper fashion and before she had a cornipet of black velvet about her neck which had a partlet set full of great stone which listed all the field so clearly she's showing off her wealth she looks very well dressed so henry's met her and he and he was lovely they embraced she was lovely they embraced like it's everything's happening fine they marry a few days later oh yes and it's on the feast of the epiphany so that's january 6th uh, 1540 Anne wears a gold dress with pearls she wears her hair down which is like a lovely beautiful blonde um she's got a coronet of gold and really blingy uh, on her head she's got sprigs of rosemary stuck in her hair Cute. like it's very lots of jewelry like it's very um elegant henry is also very well dressed he's they're married by the archbishop of canterbury Anne's ring has an inscription in it that says god send me well to keep mm-hmm. and most weddings and when the bride and groom go to bone but Great. they yes. didn't bone of course <gasps> not no and so the next morning, Henry is like, he's like in a really shitty mood, right? Okay, and his friend who went out to go find all these wives for him, right, comes back and he's like, hey, so like, how'd it go? Right. Because right, boys want to talk about sex, sex. with the other boys. Um, <laughs> is not- and so he says, surely, as you know, I liked her before not well. But now I like her much worse. My God. For I have felt her belly and her breasts. And therefore, as I can judge, she is no maid. Damn. I know. And there's more. (laughs) That struck me so to the heart that when I felt them, I had to will. I had no will to proceed further in other matters. Oh, yeah. That was the problem. Mm -hmm. I have felt her. I have left her as good a maid as I have found her. So he's saying that he didn't consummate right. the marriage, but he's also saying that he couldn't get it up right. and he's blaming her. Right. He's saying that she's not pure and that's what made her not, you know, like not, he didn't want to bone her because of that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really, the impotence is, is being talked about for Henry, like all the way up from Anne Boleyn. So him having um, a less of a, an athletics lifestyle mm-hmm. and with the way they eat, it's like a very oh, high yeah. sort of uh, fatty and meat diet. Um, the impotence is very much something that could happen. And then at this age, he's at 49 now. Um, and he's, you know, he's like overweight and he's got that injury and he's not as spry. Like it's very much able to happen oh, yeah. to this man. But he then totally blames it on Anne of Cleves. Of course. He goes to the doctor's. Because his penis won't work. Um, And he still blames her for not being lustful enough. And he basically says, and he goes to the doctor and he basically says, like, I could fuck other people, but like, I can't fuck her. Well, obviously, then go fuck somebody else because that's what you do. That's going to happen. Right. Great. So they're married for six months. Let me. I really didn't think they were married that long for some reason. Well, he just doesn't really see her. Right. I don't know why. In my head, I had it that they they didn't actually marry. like, Or they did, but not six whole months. That seems like a long right, time. Right, right. So they're married for six months, and the marriage is going to be annulled um, on three accounts. Basically, Henry says... Look how says, easy it was for him to annul this one. Oh, yeah. Basically, he says... There's a binding contract between Anne of Cleves and the Duke of Lorraine that was previously set. Clearly, it doesn't oh. matter if 
I mean, it was years ago, right? Right. And it does not matter if like the king of England comes in and is like, hey, I'm just going to take your bride. The people of Cleves were like, okay, fine. We'll make another arrangement. Right. Right. So, um, so he's saying that this previous them saying that this it's like a contract mm-hmm. and that he broke it. Um, <laughs> number two, the marriage was unwillingly went into by Henry. Right. And oh, um, okay. they postponed consummation. And they this is the most amicable breakup Henry VIII has. Okay. Because they the annulment is very clear that they are both free to marry again. And they really sort of like they have like I, it's like as if they I don't know they they try to keep her reputation up. Right. Right. Beyond the fact that Henry's literally just shouting to the masses that he can't bone this girl because she's so ugly. Right. Other than that, they keep very they save face a lot of the time here. Mm-hmm. So uh, Miss Catherine Howard is uh, 17 or 18 years old right now. She's a lady in waiting. for Anne and she's Henry's new bride that is waiting in the wings so he already has her lined up right um so Anne does uh not agree with the annulment and she she sort of thinks that maybe there she's part of court life and maybe she is queen and when Catherine Howard ends up uh Mm -hmm. dying she thinks like oh well maybe Henry will come back to me and Uh. right so it's not um you know, that's not like totally substantiated, but, you know, um, the annulment legally begins the 29th of June with the investigations. Mm-hmm. So th- they ask the maids if they fucked like, you know, are are they meeting right. with each other? And when they ask Anne, basically, she answers, how can I be a maid if I sleep every night with the king each night? And he t- takes my hand and bids me good night, sweetheart. And in the morning, he kisses me farewell, darling. Yeah, and get it. Is that not enough? And so it sounds like because of that, it sounds like she's actively trying to be ignorant of sex. But we know that that can't be true because her mother reared her as a lady. Right. And that was part of her education was being like, you're going to fuck and you're going to want to make dudes or whatever. Because like, I don't know, whatever witchcraft it is that you can like teach yourself to make dudes. Um, So... (laughs) But her amp- her answer is flippant here, and we're not sure if that's trying to like save her grace or if because she knows this is happening, so she doesn't want she wants to prove that she's a maid so that her other marriage prospects right. are here, or if that she wants to like be ignorant of it so that um, if Henry changes his mind, she doesn't offend him. Like she's, it seems sort of tactical to be mm-hmm. flippant. After the grounds for annulment are read. So they go to fetch a written agreement from Anne. She signs it. And in her letter to the king, she says that she agrees because even though uh, he loves her uh, or she loves him, she respects God in the highest way and hopes that he will treat her as a sister. And Henry responds and he calls her his beloved sister. And so they Mm -hmm. basically go forward treating each other as family. He gives her four thousand pounds a year as a um, salary and two houses, houses, including Bletchingly. Um, which is near London and Richmond, where, where she was currently at, because they weren't mm-hmm. really living together at this point because they just weren't fucking and it wasn't right. You know, marriage and name only basically after the annulment um, on 1541 of the new year goes to the Red Star. Here we go. Um, January 3rd, 1541. 
and returns to Hampton Court to visit. Mm-hmm. So she comes bearing New Year's gifts. New Year's gifts is when you give gifts, right? So like you wouldn't give gifts at Christmas. You do it for the New Year. Right. And Catherine Howard is queen. And he, he, she comes and she's kind of unannounced. Um, they don't know exactly what's going to happen. So they find her and they're like, oh, so they put her in a chamber because they don't want her to do anything outlandish. So right. they put her in a chamber and they're not sure what's going to happen. They take Catherine Howard, who's a young woman, very young woman. And they're trying to like instruct her of how to talk to this previous queen they're like you have to be amiable this is how blah blah because again you have to remember this is a a marriage of situation it's a right. marriage it's a political move so if you fuck with Anne of Cleves like something could happen back home and Germany could rise up you know so um so it's kind of awkward um they they talk to each other they meet they're very cordial um Henry meets her they're cordial um, he invites her to dinner. She goes to dinner. She doesn't sit near the king and queen, but she does stay for the after party and like dances with Catherine Howard. Um, and Hen keeps retiring because he's like he's like old and tired. Right. So like they go and party into the night because they're both young women and Henry will go sleep. Um, Catherine is given or Catherine Howard is given two dogs and uh, a nice ring for New Year's that year. And she re-gifts them to Anne of Cleves. So Anne of Cleves end up walking away with two dogs and a ring. Because they weren't expecting her. So they weren't, you know, what were they going to do? But all in all, that's sort of like very, it could be a very awkward situation. Ends up being pretty amicable. Mm -hmm. She has very good relations with all of Henry's children, including Mary and Elizabeth and Edward. Um, She outlives all of Henry's wives and uh, even Edward. So she outlives Henry's child. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And she dies July 6th, 1557. Whew. Yeah. I love Anna Cleve. Yeah, she's great. I think it's just so interesting that they would go through all this nonsense. But it's okay. They're siblings now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Here's $4,000. Sister zone. Here's yeah. $4,000. Right. And two houses. Oh, I know. And They're like, oh, you're already living there? You can stay. On top of the fact that she was already fucking rich on her own. Oh, yeah. Without any of this. Yeah. So she just had to get a prenup. Yep. I know. Or, or like, coverture wasn't a thing. Or that whatever, would be cool. yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, yeah. Those yeah. two are, are short ones, I think. Yeah. They're, the like, the little weird middle period of Henry. Yeah. Um, I don't... Oh, she's only two years. But she's still long. She's like, a, she's yeah. like an Anne Boleyn in that way. Where she's got like a little bit of a rain. That's true. And the other Catherine just did a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just a, It was just a really weird period because he was so in love with Jane and so not interested in it. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things where we think about like, oh, well, she was a catfish and blah, blah. Right. I think there's other factors there clearly. It's another marriage where he's almost being forced into it. Exactly. And he was. I mean, a lot of it was that they just thought if he had someone to hook up with, he would run shit right again. Yeah. Where he just wasn't doing anything after Jane died. <clears throat> right. And if, you know, he can make a, a advantageous marriage with someone with a from a country that would be mm-hmm. um, situated in a way that to help England, then he could actually use his dick right. for good which she previously have not been doing. Exactly. So, I mean, 
he clearly uh, wants to chase after English girls. Yeah, I mean, clearly the issue is that he's racist. <laughs> <laughs> he's countryist. Countryist. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> and it moves pretty quickly into Catherine. Um, I want to say your Catherine or my Catherine. Your Catherine. My Catherine. I feel like it's like like literally a couple days. Like I, I feel like it's like two days after yeah. the annulment or something they marry. Which might be why it took so long for them to annul, because a it has to be an investigation. So he does the whole investigation that right. takes some time. B he has to plan a wedding. Mm-hmm. So I mean they didn't do the same thing. Like again, it wasn't. Um, it could be a private situation, especially with um, Henry having that political turmoil and that religious turmoil of literally having so many wives and, right. and not knowing what to do with it. Um, I think that, you know, I think he was ready yeah, to definitely. not marry her as soon as she got there. It was mm. just a weird two years. Yeah. But I mean, she had all if this was a different person, if like if Henry was a different person and he was in a different situation. Like, she would be a good queen. Totally. Yeah. I mean, if they, yeah, if she was married off to some German dude, she would have been fine. Yep. Like, she was a perfect lady. She had, she had the money. She had the family. She had the, the knowledge. Mm-hmm. She was smart. She wasn't too bossy. Like, she was right. able to pick up a language pretty quickly, which means she could have been educated higher and. Exactly. Um, like, the issue 100% was with Henry again. Always. Right. Right. And I feel like Jane would have been an interesting. I wonder what would happen if Jane lived because I'm sure he would have doted all over her because she's the father of his son. son, But I also wonder how long he would. Yeah. Before. Exactly. I don't know. Would he get bored? We'll never know. We'll never know. We don't have to know because. Because it doesn't matter because he got married three more times. Yeah. Because there's plenty more story to tell which we will tell in part three in part three so um thank you so much for listening to part two we're very excited we are two-thirds of the way through our uh three what do we call it our three episodes six live extravaganza here on sistery season two um if you'd like to check us out we are on facebook and instagram we are posting behind the scenes stuff we're posting memes send Mm -hmm. us memes if you have them we love them yes if you want to reach out to us we can also message us on those places as well Mm -hmm. um and then you know listen to our podcast we're on itunes and spotify and google play and soundcloud and you know those kind of things wherever you can find your podcasts um thank you so much we'll see you next time see you next time goodbye goodbye